hide the light because the world is in darkness. The world is in desperate need of the light that only you have. Don't hide it. Don't do that. Right? And what's the tendency? If we're fearful of being persecuted, right? That's the way I started out. If you're afraid of what the world's going to think of you, if you're afraid of how the world's going to respond, then you might shy back. Right? You may not let your light out there. You may cover up your light. And Jesus says, no, no, don't do that. Don't fear persecution. He says, no. He says, verse 14, you are the light of the world. A town built on a hill cannot be hidden. So I have five points here in this, this, this closing section. It says, you are like a light on a hill, a city on a hill that cannot be hidden. So his point here is this. He says, if you're living as Christ's hands, his feet, and his mouth, then it's impossible to go unnoticed. Sam talked earlier about being a covert Christian, trying to hide the fact you know, I don't people want people really to know what my motive is, what my agenda is, because then they'll find me out and they won't interact with me anymore. They won't do what I'm doing. He says, look, if you are living out your faith, if you are Christ's hands, his feet, and his mouth, then you will go, you will not go unnoticed. It's impossible to. All right, so so the world is, they're all of the world's all about good deeds, right? It, it, we're in a the generation now. Generation Z is all about doing good works. It's about social things, about justice, right? doing good. So the world's fine with good things. Do all the good that you want. Alleviate people's po- poverty. Alleviate their suffering. Help them improve their life. But the moment that you open your mouth and become the mouth of Christ and start speaking the truth of Jesus Christ, the gospel of Jesus Christ, the exclusivity of Jesus Christ that calls you to faith through Him alone, the world doesn't like that. So as you live the Christian life and your light shines like a town set on a hill, Just by the way that you live and the words that you speak, it's going to shine light into the darkness and it will expose the darkness in the world. And we see these things in our own culture. So Jesus says, a town built on a hill cannot be hidden. And then he says, verse 15, neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, what? They put it on a stand and it gives light to everyone in the house. We, we get this illustration, right? It's, it's foolishness to light a candle and stick it up in a cabinet someplace or take a lamp and cover it up with a blanket. No, those who do not live as Christ's hands and feet and mouth are useless, right? If you take a light and cover it, it doesn't do what it's supposed to do, Jesus says. It doesn't make sense. It's useless. And so he says in the same way in verse 16, he says, Let your light shine before others that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. He says, we're commanded by Christ to be his hands, his feet, and his mouth in a dark world. This is an imperative here. It's not like, hey, you know, if you get to a certain point in your spiritual walk and you feel like you're confident, then then maybe you can let your light shine. No, it's, you are the light of the world. It's an imperative. Let your light shine. It's a command. 
Just as strong as the command of do not steal, do not lie. Let your light shine. We also see in this text that when we live only as Christ's hands and feet, we tend to bring glory to ourselves. Verse 16, in the same way, let your light shine before others that they may see your good deeds and what? And glorify your Father in heaven. I've already alluded to this. If you're only living a life of good deeds, your hands and feet of Christ, right? We get that. I'm Christ's hands and I'm Christ's feet. I'm going to the world. I'm doing good for the world. That's great. I commend that. But apart from opening your mouth and being Christ's mouth, who are you bringing glory to? Right? Because as long as you're just doing good deeds and you don't say anything about Jesus, then everybody's okay with you. And they're like, oh, look at him. He's such a good person. Everybody needs to be like him. I wish there were more people like him. But the moment you open your mouth and you start talking about Jesus Christ being the only way, the only truth, and the only way we have life, you're directing people towards God the Father to bring glory to Him. And it takes glory away from yourself. Or if they say, why do you do the things that you do? Oh, I just like doing good things for people. Oh, why do you do good things? It's because I've been told in God's Word that everything I do, whether in word or deed, or whether I eat or I drink, it needs to be all for the glory of God. See, the moment you bring Scripture into the equation, it takes the glory and puts it on God. Lastly, we see here in this text that when we with integrity function as Christ's mouth and hands and feet, we bring glory to God. I I guess the last point was when we don't act with integrity, we bring glory to ourselves. And this point is, is when we do function with integrity, we bring glory to God. John Stott says this, he says, so it is the light that they will praise, right? That's what we want. We want God to praise the light, not the lamp which bears it, right? You're the lamp, the light is Christ, okay? Jesus says, I am the light of the world. We want praise to go to him. So it is the light they will praise, not the lamp which bears it. It is our Father in heaven whom they will glorify, not the children he has begotten and who exhibit a certain family likeness. I like that, a certain family likeness. I am a Christian. I'm a child of God. So you have this likeness, but you're not glorifying the light unless you speak truth about the light. This is where my goodness comes from. So as we consider being salt and light, I have a few points to ponder. I'm going to resurrect the points to ponder. And the first one is this. Do you shrink back from your responsibility to be salt and light because you feel insignificant? Right? I kind of began with that when I started describing what salt is. Small. You know, it's, it seems like it's, you know, it's, it's, it's inexpensive. It's everywhere. It's just very common. Is that how you feel? Like, who am I? Come on, Pastor Jay, this sounds good, you know, when you're, when you're preaching like it for somebody else, but not me. The next slide says, if Jesus can refer to a handful of Palestinian peasants as the salt and light of the world, then you, Grace, are the salt and light of Hamtramck. Right? Don't forget the context. Who's Jesus talking to? He's got a small group of followers, an insignificant, seemingly insignificant group of people on the face of the earth And Jesus told them, you are salt and life. And what did they do? They transformed the entire world just by their good deeds. Is that how they transformed the world? 
Just because they help people dig wells, just because they help people eat, just because they help educate people, just because they gave clothes to people. Is that how they changed the world? No, what changed the world was the fact that they were hands and feet and the mouth of Christ. They spoke the saving message of Jesus Christ. That is what transformed the world. And that's how you can transform the world. So being salt and light is not just making the world a better place. It's opening your mouth. And you can do that because you've been given the gospel message of Jesus Christ. The same message that saved you will save others and can transform the world. The next point to ponder is this. Do you feel like your salt shaker is empty and your batteries and your flashlight are weak? I looked this up. Salt shaker is one word. Can you believe that? I always thought it was two words. Look it up. It's one word. Go figure. Do you feel like your salt shaker is empty? Your batteries are weak. As you feel that way, the next slide tells us, remember, where do you get your life from? Where do you get your salt from? Where do you get your energy from? It's from God's Word through the power of the Holy Spirit. Jesus says the Spirit gives life. The flesh counts for nothing. Right? You're depending on your own flesh if you feel like you can't do it. Jesus clearly tells us, that your strength, your power, your ability, your prominence, your position is not what's going to transform the world. It's the Word of God through the power of the Holy Spirit. The Spirit gives life. The flesh counts for nothing. The words I have spoken to you, they are full of spirit and life. And I would like to add, do you believe me? Do you believe that's true? So if you feel like your salt shaker is empty and your batteries and your flashlight are weak, say it again. Read your Bible and pray. Read your Bible and pray. Read your Bible and pray. Next point to ponder, do you decry the condition of the world while hoarding salt? Do you decry the condition of the world while hoarding salt? So in other words here, it's like, as Christians, we're great at looking out the world and making criticisms about the world. People are this way. People are that way. Can you believe they behave that way? All the while, we're sitting in our house, enclosed by four walls, and we don't go out and rub salt into the world. If you're not going to be the salt that the world needs, close your mouth. John Stott continues. I've used John Stott a lot today. He's really good on this section. John Stott's a really good like, social action kind of guy. The next slide says this. God intends us to penetrate the world. Christian salt has no business to remain snugly and elegant little ecclesiastical salt sellers. That's the church. Be who you are. Church. Our place, listen to this, our place is to be rubbed into the secular community as salt is rubbed into the meat to stop it from going bad. Next slide. And when society does go bad, we Christians tend to throw up our hands in pious horror and reproach the non-Christian world. We're reproaching the darkness for being dark. How dare you be dark? Can you believe that darkness, how dark it is? Why does that darkness do something about itself? The darkness is waiting for the light to come. 
Do not say, it's not me, Pastor Jay. The indicative, you are salt, you are light, be what you are. One can hardly blame unsalted meat for going bad. It cannot do anything else. The real question to ask is, where is the salt? Where is the salt? And please don't say it's not the church's role to do this in the world, okay? That's not the church's mission. Okay, I, I get when people say that, that it's not the church's mission to feed everybody in the world and clothe everybody. But as individual Christians, as we see the need in the world and the darkness in the world, we're called to be salt, we're called to be light. Next and final, I actually have two more points to ponder. Yeah, this is the last one. Is the Jesus that you represent, is he mute? Is Jesus a mute? I'm just Jesus' hands and feet. I'm here representing Christ in the world. If you don't open your mouth and tell people what they really need to hear, which is that eternity is real and hell is forever, and that your sin separates you from God, and if you stay in this condition, when you, and when you die in this condition, you'll be separated from God. If you don't tell people that Jesus Christ died on the cross to take away their sins so they don't have to suffer in hell, so they can't have the hope of eternal life, then you're not doing them a bit of good. You give them some clothes. You're feeding them. You're teaching the kids how to read. You're, you know, they're learning English as a second language, whatever. So I so appreciate Sharon and, and Deanne what they do. They share the scriptures with the ladies that come in to learn English. Because, yeah, they need to learn English, but their Jesus isn't mute. Jesus has the words of life. Next slide. Is your light all deeds and no word? I mean, I'm not saying that we shouldn't do good deeds. I'm not saying that it's, that's not important. It is, right? Sam taught us that earlier. We need to do good. As children of light, we should be the best good doers in the world because we have the truth, we know exactly the kind of good they need, and we have the life through the power of the Holy Spirit. But is your light all deeds and no word? Jesus says, you are salt and light, be salt and light. Be who you are. Be who you are. So thank you for bearing with the, uh, the technological challenges this morning. But I think you get the point, okay? I want you to be what you are. Let's pray. Father, we thank you so much for the truth of Scripture that Jesus so clearly tells us who we are and what he expects of us. We don't have to guess. We don't have to shoot in the dark. We don't have to, like, oh, God, what do you want from me? You've called us to be salt and light because we are salt and light. And so, Father, I pray that through your word and through the power of your Holy Spirit that you enable us to do that. Father, there could be somebody here this morning who understands that they are in darkness. And, Father, my prayer is that this morning that you are the God who said, let there be light, and that you would let light shine in the darkness of their heart and that they would embrace Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. Father, please. You are so good and loving and kind. Would you do that today? We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen.